Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times podcast. The East Village Times podcast is sponsored by Original Grain Watches, a local company out of San Diego, formed in 2013. Check them out at OriginalGrain.com. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope X prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up. We ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody. The outfield, mad skills, lottie dotty. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody. We at the ballpark, every game's a party. Ignorance is bliss, so we never trip. If the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids. EVT is out here broadcasting. EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT podcast. Padres EVT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? I see you uh, currently live tweeting and, and talking to people in the in our group chat right now. What's, what's going on? Yeah, man, I gotta, I gotta stop because we're about to talk here. <laughs> I need you fully focused on the podcast, and I know you're getting a hard time by some of the guys in the writer's feed, but come on, you gotta, you gotta focus on the podcast. Yeah, man, I gotta focus up. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about. I think, I think yeah, you know, folks, it's the Sunny Gray talk that's kind of gotten us like, uh, kind of in a, in, I don't know, a tailspin, if you will. Um, within was it the last hour? Uh, Ken Rosenthal mentioned on one of his uh, Facebook posts that he does now that the Padres are a dark horse candidate, possibly for the Sunny Gray sweepstakes. Um, Patrick, uh, your thoughts? God, you're not following the script, and I don't like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. Was was that supposed to be in the script? Oh yeah, it's totally in the script, but it's cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, someone, some Padre fans are tweeting like trade packages. Uh, someone tweeted uh, Eric Lauer, Joey Lucchese, and Josh Naylor for Sunny Gray. Um, <laughs> we were talking about that in the group chat for uh, East Village Times. Um, uh, I think it's stupid to to even consider trading prospects at this point. I mean. I'm not too attached to most of these guys, so I'm not going to say we shouldn't trade these guys at some point because eventually it's going to come to a point where you're going to have strengths and weaknesses, and you're going to have to to make do and, and make moves to to shore up some strength to shore up the weaknesses with with the strengths. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I don't think you really know enough about these prospects, and I don't think Sonny Gray is really the guy to go after. I, I believe he's under control through 2019, so you're, you're getting like a two year rental basically, and I don't think the Potters are going to be really competing by then. I mean, they might be decent no. in 2019, but I don't think they're going to be like a playoff team. So I just don't see what Sonny Gray does. And I, I'm not a big Sonny Gray fan myself. He's hurt a lot. Uh, his performance goes up and down, it seems like, every game. Uh, yeah, consider me not down for, for the Sonny Gray sweepstakes. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, I had written something a couple weeks back about Christian Yelich and uh, the possibility that Padres might be interested in someone uh, that caliber. Not necessarily him, but someone uh, that's under team control, someone that they can kind of uh, pay a little bit of money towards in the future because they have a lot of uh, money, you know, available for the next few years. Uh, I too am not very high on Sonny Gray with only two years uh, eligibility and arm issues. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I, I would kick the tires on him, but I wouldn't seemingly give up three top thirty prospects for the Padres right now. I mean, we're we're looking at a top five farm system and, and at this point dismantling it for someone uh, of Sonny Gray's, cal- Sonny Gray's caliber uh, at this point is, is pretty foolish and you know it, it's interesting to talk about yes but uh, the likelihood of something like this happening is, is really really low yeah as I said before we went on I think if you can get him for like a couple back end 30 guys then sure but that's not the asking price and that's not going to happen and with a player like Sonny Gray, I don't think the A's are going to move him just to move him, and they can hold on to him. And if he continues to pitch well and somehow manages to stay healthy, which that's obviously you're, you're kind of betting there. But um, if that happens, yeah. I think they could extract a, a pretty good package for him in the off season when you have more bidders. So I don't think there's really a need to trade him. I think they'll wait for the price to be right. Um, but yeah, if you can get him in a trade for like I don't know Hudson Potts, Blake Hunt. Guys like whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa! Even then, I'm not even happy. I mean, that, oh, at I'm not this happy. point, I'm just saying. No, like, I, I hear you, but if, yeah, if, if, I wouldn't yeah, say no to at that. This point, I mean, 
yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, I but I'd rather just collect these group of prospects and let them develop and then see who 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 rises from there rather than dismantling them. And who's to say, you know, these two or three players that they supposedly are lower valued, uh, they could very easily turn out to be the best of the, of the Padres prospects. I mean, that, that the farm system is that deep. So at this point, dismantling it and, and trading for a player like, like Gray, who's only two years of service and, and a pitcher at that, who comes with a lot of a lot of red flags it's just it just doesn't seem smart and you know i'm sure aj's kicked the tires you know maybe he wants to to acquire uh sunny gray and, and package him with brad hand for a huge return for glaber torres or something you know who knows what aj's up to i mean at, at this point anything is on the table and uh our gm has shown that he's uh capable of pretty much anything yeah I, i'm i'm not entirely sure aj preller's always in a right state of mind. Um, he seems kind of <laughs> off, off the, off key a little bit. So I wouldn't put anything past him. Um, I'm going to segue here though. Someone mentioned, someone mentioned the name Manny Margot in this conversation. I think it was like a week ago. I don't remember who tweeted this. Someone said, Hey, the A's are looking for a center fielder. How about Manny Margot? Ugh. And I just thought to myself, Hmm, that would be stupid. And no, now here we are. Good. Manny Margot has been on a hot streak. Here's my segue. Uh, two more, or I guess I should say three more hits tonight. Uh, triple shy of the cycle. He had two hits last night. Uh, he's had hits, I think, in six straight games. Uh, he just tore apart the Mets in that series. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Manny Margot getting hot? Yeah, it's it's definitely nice to see him get hot and, and pick up his play. You know, he had a little bit of a slow month. You know, he's his wife was pregnant. He was expecting his first child. You know, I'm sure there's things at home. There's, there's other aspects of the game that kind of interfere with, with a player's production. And uh, the fact that this is his first year in the major leagues and his first year of, of the grind of, of the major league action and, and playing every day and, and practicing every day and being prepared is, is it, it takes your toll. And it's, you know, Renfro missed a, a 10 days right after the all-star break with, with a neck issue. You know, it's, it's nice to give these young guys a little bit of a mental break because the season is is long and daunting, and, and it's about upside with these guys, and, and about production, and about getting better. And, and you want to see a Margot and a Renfro and, and a Hedges. I'll throw him in there as well. You, you want to see them get better as the season progresses. Once September hits, you, you want to see them, at, at, you know, confidence high coming into spring training for next season. Because 2018 is going to look like a, a pretty exciting year for for this team. I think a, a lot of fans are starting to create a little bit of a buzz about this team um you know not necessarily a playoff team next season but they're going to be exciting to watch and, and the development of the farm system is is you know it's it's happening yeah the progress is there even at the big league level i know we've, we've discussed this in the past that I, I think a lot of people expected this team to win maybe 60 games and they're already up at 45 now so yeah. i think realistically this is a 65 70 win team which i think would be yeah, a victory yeah, yeah i mean maybe not a victory for the exactly. tank but in terms of development i think that's definitely a positive um development here uh, I for did, sure i mean look at a couple of days ago when we talked to jonathan how you know that's one thing that he mentioned that you know he hadn't seen much of the team but the team was interesting the fact that they're competing and they're kind of not necessarily turning people's heads but people are kind of make becoming aware that wow this team was supposed to be horrible and they're actually showing up every night and, and they have a good good young nucleus so they're worth paying attention to yeah, I mean, it's definitely been interesting to watch. And another guy I want to talk about was Alan Cordoba. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of on the other side of that. He's been pretty dreadful, I guess you could yeah. say. He has, yeah. he has, I think, maybe, if I'm counting correctly, he has like five hits in the last month. And Oof. he's been getting pretty, I mean, not consistent at bats. He, he, he gets. It seems like he gets a pinch hit almost every game, though. Uh, mm-hmm. He did have a home run, what was that, earlier in the week? I think that was Tuesday. Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Tuesday. He made a nice diving catch yesterday. Man. Yeah, that was that was pretty. But he's just been <laughs> he's seemed lost at the plate. Um, yeah, it's clear that 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 early season stretch he had was kind of a fluke. And at this point, I think he's overmatched. But I, I still see the guy as as a part of this team's future, and it's going to be interesting to see where they stick him next year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking Double A would make a lot of sense. I think that's a, a fair level for him, considering. I mean, I don't think he really needs to play A ball at this point. I know he started at rookie ball no. and came right to the bigs. I, I think Double A might may be a good fit for his talent. Maybe even start the season at Lake Elsinore and see how he fares. Um, I, I think he could excel with uh, with another year or two in the minors. I think he could figure it out. Um, he obviously needs to learn, learn how to play shortstop if they really consider him a shortstop long term. Um, Fernando Tatis might get in the way there if, if depending on where he's at next year. If he's at Lake Elsinore or, or maybe higher, and same with Javi Guerra. Although Javi Guerra is not really a guy. 
I don't think they're really prioritizing him over anyone else at this point. So yeah. it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out. Um, he's been he's been pretty bad at the big league level, but I still think there's a future there. He's still young. Um, he's he's obviously a guy playing way beyond his level where he should be. So I think it's it's fair to to treat him that way. Yeah, no, I mean, we talked about the grind of the Major League season, and it's obviously seriously affecting him. And, you know, the the team is obviously going to want to keep him around. He's got a lot of upside. The, we saw his ability in the first couple of weeks. And even though he's not producing, you still get a sense from seeing him play that he he belongs, that he feels like he belongs. And, and uh, the mental side of the game looks like it's going to be fine with him. Um, you mentioned double-A next season. I think that's a great place for him to start, let him earn his stripes in double-A. Uh, he hits the first month or two, then you can see him in AAA, and, and beyond that, who knows what happens. But he, he, at this point, he's just another piece of the puzzle uh, for the future of this team. And, and you know, I, I'd love to see him get a little more time at shortstop, but I can understand the Padres' uh, trepidation in, in, in allowing him to go out there on a daily basis because he, he's looking a little overmatched right now uh, offensively. At this point, I would just stick him out there every day. I mean, there's really nothing to lose. Um, uh, nothing against Dusty Coleman, but I'd rather not watch Dusty Coleman play every day for the next two months. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they can just yeah, take Cordoba out there, that's fine. I mean, there's been yeah. talk of Jan Hervis Salarte playing shortstop, which we'll get to that a little later. But um, I'd rather just throw Cordoba out there every day if that's what it comes to. Yeah, there's just a revolving door it seems in the infield, and, and it's it's just amazing. I mean, let's let's talk about Corey Spangenberg for for right now. I mean, this since they moved him to the middle of the lineup, and you know he's not a power type hitter, but he's producing in that role and and driving the ball, and you know you can't argue with the production. I mean, he's not a prototypical third baseman by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, what are your thoughts on Spangenberg? You know, is he going to be able to maintain this uh, for the rest of the season and and moving forward? I mean, that's you and your daughter's number one favorite player, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know your daughter's yeah. a big uh, Spangy fan. Yeah, um, no, she definitely is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like what I've seen from him. I mean, I, I was never, I guess, I, I mean, I was high on him, but I was never confident that he could be an everyday major league player. But he's really proven me wrong, I mean, in, in recent weeks and even the last few months. He's been really consistent. Um, he's up to, I think, eight home runs on the year, which... He's not really a guy with a lot of power, so you didn't really expect him to hit eight home runs, but here we are. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I really like what I've seen from him, and I think that they're going to give him more playing time going forward. Um, and Carlos Oswahe has obviously been playing well, too. So you, you really got to think, where does this leave Ryan Schimpf and if, if he's even going to be coming back at all uh, at this point, this this season at least. And then you gotta, yeah. you got to fit Salarte in, which we're going to get to a little bit. But, yeah, um, Spangenberg's he's earned himself more playing time, and I think they're going to keep running him out there and see how he does. Uh, over, the, I mean, he's he's only got an 87 WRC plus on the year, but I think some of that's because he had a, a, a bit of a slow start. Uh, he's been pretty pretty good in recent weeks. I think over the last, I want to say two or three weeks, he's he's got WC, WRC plus near to like 130, 140. So he's been he's been pretty solidly above average uh, in recent weeks. Yeah, no, you, you can't argue with the production from him, and, and being a left-handed bat is also important in in the Padres lineup that's so heavily right-handed. Uh, so you know. It, more power to to the number former number one pick, uh, former first round pick for the Padres. It's it's nice to see uh, him produce and 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 you know I go Corey. Yeah, I, I'm rooting for him. He, he's fun to watch play. All right, so I'm gonna go out of order again with our uh, agenda here. Let's let's talk about Jan Hervis Salarte. He's supposed to start his rehab assignment. I think they said tomorrow. I want to say. Um, they they have said he's going to play shortstop, and they're they're. Uh, yeah, he played second base today. He did. Oh, he, he actually did. was in the last yeah, night. He, okay. Yeah, so, yeah he I played today. He. Go ahead. Go, no, I was going to say I talked to Eric uh, Eric Killian, who uh, reports for us from uh, El Paso uh, in the press box, and he said that uh, Solarte was in second base today. Uh, the plan is for him to start at short tomorrow, so uh, I guess we will see if he's capable of of manning that position. Um, Okay, is this plan stupid or what? I mean, yeah, I, I remember when Will Middlebrooks and Jed Jerko were supposed to be shortstops yeah. and how well that worked out. So like, I don't know why we're playing this game again as if we don't remember. Yeah. That was what, like yeah. three years ago, two two years ago, right? Like you don't yeah, remember this? Yeah, it's it's yeah, no, it's it's strange. It really is. I, I I'm you know I really don't think he's going to be able to handle it. To me, putting like a Spanjerberg at shortstop makes a lot more sense. I, although I still wouldn't do that, but 
that at least is more feasible than putting a. Yeah, I think of those three. I think Spanenberg is you know, the, the quickest, at least. I mean, Aswahe doesn't really have great range, and Solarte has pretty awful range. I mean, nothing against him, but yeah, I think Spanenberg's the most athletic of the three. I don't know if he could really handle it at shortstop, but I think he would be at least passable in, in the yeah, short term. And we're talking about a, an older player. Well, I mean, I don't want to say older, but he's he's a veteran type player, and he's coming off of a, a mid a midsection injury or a rib injury, and putting out a, a position that he's not familiar which he has to go out and cut and be actively involved in the game and, and then familiar and familiarity of the position i mean i don't know i guess we'll see what happens in el paso tomorrow but at this point i, I don't know i it's it's just strange hopefully uh aj will acquire a, a shortstop um within the next five days you know that who knows we'll, we'll see what happens I mean we, we may avoid this situation entirely because apparently Jan Hervislarte is still garnering interest on the trade market um, do you see yeah. any value there do you think a team's actually going to pull the trigger on this kind of move or do you think this is all just well, smoke no yeah I, I definitely think there's value but I, I just don't see the Padres trading him for pennies on the dollar at this point I think that he's uh, a heart and soul of the team and he in, in many regards he brings a lot of the young Latino players together and kind of mentors them. And, you know, not to say that they won't deal him if somebody pays the price, but I have a hard time believing, uh, you know, the Yankees or, or I guess they already solved the third base issues, but whoever would be interested in him, I have a hard time seeing them pay the price tag that AJ probably has on Solarte. Um, If he passes waivers, we might be talking about this in a month after he produces uh, for a month and shows that he's healthy this topic could come up in a month, but then again, him passing waivers is another situation and another story. Yeah, I think that's it's probably more likely an August scenario, and we see what plays out. But yeah, I think Solarte's under control for what four more, three more, four more years. Yeah, so exactly. Really so no there's need no to Russian push deal. It. Exactly, exactly. Um, and if, if they're going to deal him, they're going to get value for him. They're not going to get pennies on the dollar, like I said. I totally agree. So you're going to be mad at me because I'm, I'm I'm reading Twitter while we're podcasting, but. Uh, Dennis Lynn tweeted a quote from Manny Margot that says, "A lot of my teammates, like Carlos Aswahe, have said when you become a dad, you get more pop." <laughs> <laughs> Is that a play on words or? Yeah, because he's a dad, so he's got some pop. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> That's like, right, such a well, terrible joke. There you go. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There All right. You go. Anyway, moving forward here, uh, let's see what's next. Uh, Brad Hand, anybody? Okay, I'm sorry I made such an inappropriate Brad Hand joke tonight, but I couldn't resist. Did you see that right hand joke? You, you've been following uh, uh, Padres Jackoff too much or something and, Dude, and seeing yeah, a lot Jack of his reference. Jackoff, if you're listening, you're rubbing off on me. Um, get a little dirty with my Twitter. <laughs> oh, here. there's another one rubbing off on me. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Brad Hand humor is rubbing off on me. <laughs> yeah, it, oh. it's, it's getting it's getting crazy on uh, late, late night Padres Twitter. Yeah, um, it is. So, Brad Hand. Uh, I, I I don't know why, but I'm seeing more and more people like making the argument that yeah, we should hold on to Brad Hand and either let's make him our closer for the rest of forever or let's trade him in the off season. Uh, how how stupid do you think that is? I, I don't mean to be rude, but yeah, do do you think that's a, a decent idea or do you think we're just kind of no lulling ourselves I, I, because we like seeing him pitch so much? <laughs> at this point, the only way that they would keep Brad Hand is if the, nobody's giving anything worth value at all, and and I find that hard to believe. But you know. There's teams out there that are desperate for pitching, and as the days come and as the hours count down to that deadline, they're going to meet some demands that AJ has. So there's there's no, I, I have every confidence in the world that Brad Hand will be dealt. It's an unfortunate thing in, in one regard when you think about that's the All Star for this year, and you know it's just a typical Padre move, blah blah blah. But it's a smart move. You're dealing a player when his value is at its highest, and the return for him could be. Monumental. I mean, I don't want to say monumental, but yeah. Whoa, whoa! It, 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 it's it, Andrew I mean, Miller, okay? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you get three decent prospects in, in return for him, or even two decent prospects, it, it's it's worth it when you can add them to what we already have and and just kind of just sit back and, and let the cream rise and, and let the players just play and, and you know it's it's. Let me let me say Brad Hand is going to be dealt. Let me say this: Are you yeah. are you more in the in the quality or quantity uh, department? So, if the choice is between three good prospects and one great, so a la Drew Pomeranz, where we got one great prospect instead of maybe two mm-hmm. or three good ones, where where do you sit there? I know the Potters have a pretty deep farm system. I think at this point, 
at least in my opinion, you're looking for impact over depth because the, the depth's yeah. already there. There's already so many guys kind of that may or may not work out that we're kind of hoping for. So, what, what do you think? What do you think the better, I guess, goal Scenario here is? For, it's it's tough. You know, it, it would depend on the prospect. I mean, if someone's going to offer a top fifty prospect for Brad Hand, then and it's worth a, it's worth it. And you know, I've mentioned. Uh, uh, Hater from Milwaukee and Tucker from Houston is two possible type oh, players. I say I say yes to that in a heartbeat. Yeah, exactly, and I and I think both of those players are more valuable than a Brad Hand. But when push comes to su- shove, and these two teams are going down to the wire and want to win a World Series title, and they're a month away from it, a, a Brad Hand for one of those two top of the line prospects. It, could be enticing for them so it's it in that regard i would do that but if if it's two or three younger prospects an 18 year old kid you know aj loves the dsl he loves the 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 young dominican players the young venezuelan players so you know if he has his eye on someone that's kind of unheralded like a ruiz then then more power to it get someone like that and, and bring in a, someone who's more uh Major league ready, if you will, someone in double A, triple A. Yeah, yeah. At this point, in, my, in my opinion, you got to go for the the higher the higher level talent because if they're really serious about competing in 2019, you got to speed it up. And the yep, the pitching, yep. I think, is going to be there. Some of these guys are going to be there: Lauer, Lucchese, Quantrill, um, even maybe Morahone and Baez. If they keep if they keep dealing, those guys can be fast movers. So at this point, yep. you got to look at who are our position players going to be. I mean, Urias is probably going to be there. Uh, Tatis might be there if he continues to just destroy everyone, but. Outside of that, you, you're not really betting on much, so you need more impact position player talent. I think if you can get, yeah, a guy like Tucker, who's, I think he's in AAA currently. He's almost ready to be in the big. So I think if you can get a guy like that, I mean, I know the Potters don't really need another outfielder, but mm-hmm. it's good to have positions of strength, and you can worry about that later, so to speak. Yeah, no, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and, and the return for for Hand is gonna is going to be beneficial for the future of this team and, and it's just uh it's just a matter of of who we're gonna get and uh just gonna have to be patient i guess yeah it's gonna be coming down the wire here we got three days four days i should say and I, the, yep. the deadline's for eastern on monday i think i think me and you should probably podcast around that time because i think this may very well come down to the wire here yeah no that we, we we should definitely have something planned maybe we'll get a guest or something we we have a couple of uh speaking of which we were supposed to have aj casavel on the show uh, today, but we had a little bit of a scheduling snafu, so he will join us uh, within the next couple episodes. Hopefully, we'll get him before the trade deadline. Uh, just wanted to let you guys uh, know and, and keep you guys aware of that. Uh, Patrick, you want to get onto the stat segment real quick, and then we will hit our break. Yeah, I haven't haven't done a stat segment in a while, so I figured we'd we'd bring it back a little bit. Um, I've been I do my daily stat updates for the big league team, just to keep everyone. I like to keep everyone abreast of like. Who's good? Who's not? Kind of where everyone's at. I think it, I think it provides good conversation. Also, it always gives me a good idea of kind of what I can talk about either on a podcast or in writing. It always gives me new ideas. See guys, certain trends. Um, it's always fun. I've been using a new stat in there. Um, I was originally using FIP and XFIP. I decided to switch it up to Sierra or S I E R A if you want to pronounce it that way. I'm not really sure what's the proper way to pronounce it. Um, so Sierra is is skill interactive earn run average so it's a kind of a fancy whoa, whoa. Um, it's basically ERA <laughs> but but more similar to I guess you could say like FIP or XFIP um, so it's trying to quantify a pitcher's performance by eliminating factors the pitcher can't control but okay. so FIP and XFIP take away um, any sort of balls in play because pitchers can't necessarily control those with, with the defenders what balls fall uh, hits that are called hits even though they may be errors or misplays uh, those don't really go into the conversation but so Sierra actually includes those in so as an example if a pitcher has a high FIP or a high XFIP um, but he has a high a high proportion of ground balls and pop-ups instead of line drives uh, his Sierra would be lower than his FIP or XFIP so I think Luis Perdomo is probably a pretty good example of someone who would benefit from this calculation over just a standard FIP or even a standard ERA calculation. Um, I'm going to pull up his number as we speak. My internet connection is not the best. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, this is just trying to get a better way of not only predicting, I I should say, it's not only looking at past performance in a pitcher, so like what he has done, but it's also trying to predict based on the batted balls what what the pitcher could do in the future. So it's it's kind of predictive, and I think that's a little cooler. Some of these stats are more predictive than just, always looking um, at what's been done. They're looking at kind of what could be done in the future. So mm-hmm. where a pitcher's going. So for example, Perdomo's got a 4.71 ERA 
and a 432 FIP. But his uh, SIERA or Sierra, however you want to pronounce it, is at 4.09. So there's about a 30-point difference between his FIP and Sierra and about a 70-point difference between his ERA and Sierra. So his obviously his high ground ball rate goes into that. He, he induces a lot of weak contact. He's got a 65% ground ball rate. Um, he does a pretty good job of, of getting some weak contact in, in general. So, yeah, he, he benefits from this kind of statistic. So I think... For me, it's just giving a different look. I want to. I want to look at both FIP and Sierra, so you get like two different looks at a pitcher. So you kind of get um, a little bit of a different taste. I know ERA is kind of on its way out. I know it's it's not the best stat, and and FIP isn't the best stat either. I know FIP has its own um, strengths and weaknesses. So I think it's just um, getting into, I guess, a, a better way of describing these players and a better way of predicting performance. And there's other there's other stuff I could use like TERA and. There's really a bunch of them. Uh, we'll, we'll get into more as we go on here. I, I always like to talk about new things, get people involved. Yeah. I think I think it's really important to to bring in new stats and, and new ways to analyze the game. I know some people are less inclined to to look at these new stats, and I'm not just some computer nerd. I don't I don't just sit here and do calculations on my calculator. I watch the games. I understand <laughs> that more goes into it than the numbers. I'm not sitting here and like saying this is the end all be all. I just think it's something to provide extra value for us watching the game and for us talking about the game, writing about the game. Um, this is something we love. Baseball's something we all love. So just, just yes. another way to look that, look at it. Yeah, exactly. Any, any kind of new information that you can gather about predicting a player's worth is, is definitely, I'm all for that. I'm not, opposed to, to learning new things. Uh, I can definitely appreciate that this this uh, new stat that you're bringing in has ERA in the title, so I think that a lot of the older gentlemen can kind of uh, not be overwhelmed by a, a whip or a FIP or something. They, they see ERA and they're like, okay, it's just S-I-E-R-A. That's a, it's just a special uh, ERA. Just yeah, think of it yes. that way. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> it's got an it's, S in there. It's, it's special yeah. ERA. It's all yeah, good. Spe- <laughs> yeah, especially especially ingested ERA. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. No complaints here. Uh, exactly. Uh, okay, uh, folks, let's take a little bit of time to uh, talk about our sponsor, OriginalGrain.com. Uh, they make some beautiful pieces, some beautiful timepieces that uh, both Patrick and I own and are very proud to have on our wrists. Um, hey, you know, hey, I don't, I don't own mine just yet. <laughs> yeah, Patrick hasn't gotten his yet. You James is over the there enjoying his, mag- and I don't have mine You just blew the yet. whole magical, the whole magical idea of the podcast that the you know these guys didn't know that, but you had to go and blow it. But okay. we can't lie; we have to be honest here. I have seen right. I have seen the watches in person before, though, and they are extremely nice. So I will say that. Um, <laughs> highly recommend it. I'm sure that when it's on my wrist, I will have nothing but nice things to say because these watches are genuinely gorgeous. And I think anyone who's in the market for a watch should should definitely go support a local company. I'm sorry definitely. I just stole this ad from you right now. I'm just, I'm just talking. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, you can't always have the fun, right? I need to have some no, fun, too. Hey, go run with it. Run with it. Uh, <laughs> check out OriginalGrain.com. Uh, like Patrick said, local product. Uh, they put out some beautiful timepieces. They've done timepieces for the Cubs and for the Yankees, uh, limited edition, special edition type pieces that are that are really cool uh give them a follow on twitter facebook uh look for them uh on all the social media outlets uh originalgrain.com welcome back folks to episode 51 of the padres evt podcast uh we are bringing in a new segment uh that patrick's introducing uh, he went into Twitter and basically asked uh, fans and followers if they had any questions uh, for us to, you know, answer on the show. Uh, Patrick, let's let's go ahead and get into that. Anything uh, interesting come up your way? Yeah, so I had a few really good questions I wanted to, to bring on here. Um, I had Danny P. Schneider. He's at Danny Schneider, if anyone wants to follow him. That's Schneider spelled S-C-H-N-Y-D-E-R. Um, he's a follower of mine. He's, he's always good conversation. We're always talking here and there. Um, he, he wanted to talk about hand, which we've already kind of gone through that. Uh, he also had a really good topic. Um, he wanted to know kind of who the Padres could be eyeing in the, uh, 2018 free agent class that that'll be not after this year, but the year after that. So I know that the free agent classes are kind of confusing with how they're, uh, named. Um, this is for 2018, 2019. So prior to the 2019 season, um, there's just all sorts of players available. You got obviously Bryce Harper, uh, Manny Machado are probably the two biggest ones. Um, so James, is there anyone that you think the Padres could realistically sign? Um, I, I think the main thing I wanted to discuss was 
the Padres only have 22 million of guaranteed payroll for 2019. That's and not even guaranteed payroll. This is Will Myers, who's guaranteed, Jan Harris Salarte, who is an, a club option, and then Travis Wood, who is a mutual option, which I believe the Royals would be paying that if if that yeah. is if that happens. But anyway, so um, I wanted your thoughts on kind of any anyone they could, they could I guess target. I mean, there's only 22 million in salary, and that, that's obviously not including all the guys who are going to get arbitration raises and guys under team control, mm-hmm. but. Even with those guys, the, the payroll is not going to be huge. So, is there any big name yeah. guys you think the Padres should target? I, uh, you know, I, I love the question. I really do. I just, I, I'm actually presently scanning through the list of free agents, and I, I haven't really thought about it because it's kind of been focused on 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 now and the, and the present. Uh, at this point, it's kind of hard to speculate who they would kind of go after. I mean, I see like Eric Hosmer out there. Are they prepared to move uh, Myers to the left and, and bring in Hosmer? I mean. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just me off the top of my head. I, I, I like Hosmer. You know, I don't. I don't know. At this point, committing a lot of money to someone when the team's still kind of progressing and you're not sure where a Tatis is going to play, whether it's going to be a shortstop or third base, or where Urias is going to play, or, or where uh, outfielders are going to man up. It, it's kind of hard to speculate on, on where they would spend money. Obviously, there is some pitching need uh, that the team has. Um, I don't really see a big, a big name young free agent type pitcher that, that they would target. I mean, Jake Arrieta is coming off a, a horrible year this year. Are you looking yeah. at? Are you looking at this year's free agents? Yeah. Are you we talking about going into this yeah. coming year? Or no, the, we're going out next year. Oh, going into 2019. Well, you know, it's the same thing at, at this point. I mean, you're talking about two years, so of hey, course Chase I'd like Headley's to. on the list, man. And you saw so as Manny Machado, but I don't. I don't oh, necessarily. You, I, I would throw. Think, man, I would throw money at Manny Machado, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's enticing and it's interesting, but then you know, don't we already have a, a Manny Machado type player in, in Tatis, and you know, in, in two years, where is he going to be? He should be knocking on the on the door of the major leagues at that point, and it's kind of hard to speculate. Obviously, this team is going to spend money somewhere. You know, I I, I think that a more interesting type of, of way that this team is going to construct themselves is by going out and, and tr- cherry-picking a, a young player that they like off another team and making a trade happen because our minor league system is so strong. Uh, I hate to, to bring up Christian Yellick again, but that's just the type of player that they think they're looking for, and not necessarily him exactly like I keep saying, but someone who's signed long-term uh, at a good price. You know, Yellick is signed until 2022 at like $50, $60 million dollars someone that they can build around and, and and not be afraid to give up decent prospects for. I think that that's more of a, of a likely point at the, a likely uh, more of a likelihood at this point. And, and let us not forget that free agent signing here is, is, is a hard, hard sell. I mean, look at what uh, they did to shields. Look at, you know, San Diego is a beautiful place to play and, and the Padres are, are on the upswing, but they'll have a hard time bringing in a, a a huge free agent, in, in my opinion. Um, honestly, I think we should just reunite the old gang. I mean, you got Chase Headley's going to be a free agent. Alexi Amaris is going to be a free agent. Logan Forsythe. Yasmani Grandal. Let's make it happen. Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just yeah. <laughs> this whole conversation. Anyway, but yeah, I think they could target some of the lower-end guys there, kind of like what they did this year, those lottery ticket type guys. Maybe they work out, you get a trade piece. Uh, Trevor Cahill, for example. Um, I think mm-hmm. that would make sense. But, yeah. In terms of the big free agents, they're not really probably going to be players there, even if they do have a lot of money to spend. So yeah, it's kind it, of a it, tough sell, but it's definitely a fun conversation to have. So I'm all for it. Yeah, um, no, move- it's definitely fun to talk about. It definitely is. Uh, moving on to the next question, I had uh, Jose the Great ninety three. He's at Curry's Jose. Uh, excuse me. He asked for uh, if we had any call ups for September, and he also asked who could start next season uh, with the team in terms of prospects. So let's start with call ups in September. Who you got? Mm. Um, bullpen wise, uh, you know, I could see a, a Brad Wick get called up. Um, I think that McGrath probably leapfrogged him um, in, in terms of value because he's uh, Brad Wick's had a bit of a rough stretch. Uh, since he was promoted to tri- AAA, can we talk about uh, the whole missions roster in terms of the bullpen? <laughs> he, oh, I, he, exactly. I mean, the you missions got Yardley and Weir and Brazabon. <laughs> yep, and, <laughs> and uh, the, yeah, Wingenter. I mean, 
I had read a stat that their bullpen ERA was a full uh, full run under anyone else in their whole league. Yeah, I mean I that's start, I started that's my, amazing. Uh, my July's top performers for the down on the farm, and I'm probably going to talk about all four of those guys because all their ERAs are like around one for the month. Like it's obscene yeah. how good they've been. And now you got like with with Lucchese and Lauer and. Quantrill, although they've all had their struggles, uh, that that's a pretty dangerous team. I think that that's a, com- a competitive team looking for a a double A championship for all that's worth. <laughs> for sure, for sure. You know, any of those 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 young pitchers could get called up. I mean, you could also look at a, a Christian Villanueva or Rafael Ortega in in uh, in Triple yeah. A or a, a Michael Nick Kelly. Bus, Michael Kelly. There, there's I think plenty Kyle of Lloyd of probably players. comes up and stays up. Yeah, yeah. There's the Lockett. I mean, there's a lot of diff- There's a lot of uh, players to choose from as, as far as being called up. I don't think, you know, I, everyone's looking for a Lauer or a Quantrill or a Lucchese getting called up. And I, I just don't see that in the cards at this point right now. Uh, you just can't rush these kids. You got, you got to let them progress and you, you don't want to overwhelm them too early. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right. Uh, so moving on to the next question. Now we got to talk about, is there anyone you could see at the beginning of next year? I know teams aren't really inclined to, to start prospects off uh, in the, at the big league level, especially mm-hmm. at the end of the year, because they lose that service time. So is there anyone you think that could prove themselves enough either through the end of this year or in spring training that could make that happen? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with the roster and, and where it's at and what it looks like. I mean, say the Padres go out and trade uh, Solarte, Spangenberg, and Aswahe, then I could definitely see a Luis Arias, uh, Arias sneaking in and, and getting a chance to start every day. But that's a big if, obviously. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, with, with what AJ does with the team and, and, and how it looks uh, towards spring training. But sure, I think there's a chance that, that a lot of uh, a lot of these young players have the opportunity to possibly start with the team next year. But I, w- I would look more towards the pitching staff and in particular the relief pitchers, uh, like we mentioned in in, in San Antonio that, uh, you know, if they have a lights out performance in, in, in maybe the AZL fall league and then come in spring training and dominate, then you could definitely see a, a Winchent or a, a Weir or somebody like that, uh, in, in the, uh, in the bullpen to start, uh, 2018. Yeah. We failed to talk about Kyle McGrath. Who's now actually up in the big leagues. Um, exactly. exactly. It remains to be seen if he stays there, but I think he's another guy that could see a, a September call up or maybe start this, the season next year, uh, with the big league club. All For right, sure. so let's talk about current bullpen. And that was another good segue. We're getting pretty good at this this segue thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, assuming Brad Hand is traded, um, I, I wrote my piece the other day about who closes in Brad Hand's absence. I, I mainly focused on Phil Maton, Kirby Yates, who are both on the team currently. Carter Caps, who is in AAA, who prior to I think it was last night, he gave up an unearned run. Uh, he had 15 straight scoreless innings. Um, so I wanted your thoughts on those three and who you see closing at least in the short term you know I, I know Yates has fantastic numbers I mean unbelievable type relief pitching numbers but I think they're going to leave him in the seventh or eighth type of role uh I see Maton or, or, or even a Caps coming in depending on how his progression is with his windup and and delivery and stuff but uh, Phil Maton has the stuff to possibly close for this team for a long time and I know the team doesn't want to throw him in that role and, and kind of overwhelm the young kid but his stuff is real, and he is the one who I I think will close for this team, uh, you know, down the road. Yeah, I think Caps is probably the the likeliest option in terms of he's had closer experience and he's got that value. But I think Yates is is probably a, a better option in terms of short term trade value. I think they could really build his value the rest of the year, maybe trade him in the off season or even keep him into next year. Um, I think Maton's a long-term play. He's probably going to be the closer at some point, but there's really no need to rush that with him. I mean, he's still young. He's still kind of getting his, his feet under him in the big leagues. He's only been here, what, about a month and a half now, so I think there's no need yeah. to rush that. So exactly. I, think, I think I'd probably put my money on – I mean, I know in the article I said probably Caps, but I think I'd probably put my money on Yates because I don't know if Caps is going to be ready, at least in their eyes, to, to be a big league closer. He might need to come up and be like a middle reliever for a few weeks at least. So I think Yates would probably be the one immediately thrust into that role. Yeah. You know, either way, there's there's, there's people that can, can step into that role, and, and losing Brandon Maurer is rough. Uh, both of us were pretty high on him, but there's younger players, and there's players that can step up to, to fill his shoes. So it's not the end of the world. It's about making this team better in the long run, and, and AJ's done that. 
Yeah, and I mean, the team's not competing, so at this point, like, who really cares who's closing games and if it yeah. goes well or not? So, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right, moving yeah. on. Uh, our third segment of the day. Now we have three segments. Well, actually, we have four segments. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the minor leagues. A um, lot going on there. I wanted to pinpoint and focus on the Fort Wayne Tin Caps rotation. Uh, Adrian Morajon got the call up. Now he joins wow. Mikel Baez, Mason Thompson, Pedro Avila. Uh, Reggie Lawson, who had some struggles tonight, but that's that's just a stacked rotation, not even counting uh, Ronald Bolanos, who's also in that yeah. rotation. They got a six-man rotation going. That's that's a pretty stacked rotation, don't you say? Yeah, that they are not lacking starting pitching in in, in the Midwest League for for the Tin Caps. That's for sure. Uh, it's 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 just so exciting seeing these guys progress. I mean, look at Baez, who started out in didn't he start on the AZL his first appearance, or was it the Tin Caps? Team? Or was no, that yeah, uh, he was yeah he was the, in the AZL. Yeah, he went from the AZL to Tri Cities to Fort Wayne. I mean, and he's dominating all three. I would he's gonna you, you gotta figure that after another two successful starts like he's doing, he's gonna be in like Elsinore. I mean, he's older than all those kids presently in Fort Wayne and he's shown that he has the ability. I mean the, the guy's six foot eight and throws from a consistent downhill plane. I mean the, what is he's number seven prospect now? I mean it's just it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, he's definitely uh, accelerating I, his stock for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm excited to see what Morhone does with uh, you know a little more developed hitters and and see what kind of progression he makes and see if he's able to Keep up his fantastic uh, K to walk ratio that he's that he's already shown, and you know it, it, it's exciting. I mean, this kid's—he's 18. I mean, he's going to be one of the youngest pitchers in that league. To, teamed up with with uh, Thompson and and Lawson, who are just a year older than him. I mean, it's 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 fun, it's a fun time to be a Padre fan. It really is. And if if you aren't aware of all these young kids, then uh, you really should be. Yeah, it makes me want to go to Fort Wayne. Although I think most of these guys will be in Lake Elsinore next year at the latest, so yeah, I guess yeah, I'll just have exactly. to be patient. Um, exactly. Yeah, Adrian Morhone's pitching, I believe, Saturday night, and I'm trying to figure out if the Dayton Dragons, who they're playing, if they're going to telecast the game. I don't, I don't know if they telecast usually. Mm. You can rarely find um, low A games telecast. I know that uh, the Tin Caps were on tonight because they're playing West Michigan, who does telecast. So I was watching yes. Lawson start earlier. He had some struggles, yes. gave up four earned. Four walks, not the best outing, but he's had his ups and downs. He's got he's got skill though. He's got talent. He's putting it together. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Morahone start and, and how that goes for him. Um, Tatis continues to hit. He had another double tonight. Um, love watching that kid play. Yeah, um, no, it's it's exciting. I mean, he's he's the real deal, and, and uh, it's just it's just fun to see this team play. I mean, a, a lot of the kids in the, in the AZL are, are progressing as well. I mean, look at uh, like Ornelas and, and Hunt and uh, Capusano. I mean, all these young guys are are barreling up baseballs consistently, and, and they're showing that they have the ability to progress through the system. And it'll be interesting to see if any of those guys get a, a promotion to Tri Cities before the season ends. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's close out. Episode 51 here with some rapid-fire questions. Um, I guess I will hit you first with the first question. Uh, let's talk about Rule 5 picks. Um, I think uh, it's pretty safe to say that all three will make it through the season, but give me your thoughts on all three Rule 5 picks and whether or not they're a safe bet to remain with the Padres. Uh, I mean, at this point, I think they're all a, a pretty safe bet. The only one I would be worried about is Diaz because... If he doesn't come back healthy, then I don't think he I don't think he hit the the days limit to where he would be. Um, I guess counting a full year, they got some weird rules. We have to be on the team for a certain number of days active, otherwise he would get sent back. So I don't know if he's hit that yet. I think he had. I think last I heard, it had to be like eight or nine more days. So if they have to activate him, even though he's injured, uh, they might do that. Just keep him on the bench. Um, but yeah, as for Cordoba and and Torrens, I don't see them going anywhere. I mean. They've both actually. I mean, Torrens has improved lately. He's actually he had that big hit last night. Um, he had a couple of good plate appearances tonight. Um, he's getting more playing time. I know when Hedges comes back, that'll probably stop. But he's been impressing me lately. And, and Cordoba, even though he's been struggling, I think he's. They, they seriously think he's an important piece, and I don't, I don't see them giving up on him, uh, especially when they can control him beyond this season if they just keep him at the big league level for two more months. And with Ibar hurt, they need that extra uh, shortstop infielder in there. So I, I think both are going to stick. Um, Diaz, I think, is the one question mark, although I think they want to hold him as well. 
Yep, I think uh, I think that's pretty safe that uh, all three will will be in spring training next year with the team. All right, so let's talk. Let's go back to trade deadline. Um, I, I want to give you an over under of two more Padres traded before the deadline. Will you take the over? Will you take the under? Hmm. Is that you hold two more? That? Is that two more players or two more trades? Two more. Uh, either way, I mean, how do you want to look at it? Well, it could be one one trade with two players being right, traded. Let, let's say let's say two more tra- two more players that are traded then. Hmm. I'm probably going to take the over because I, 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 I believe that 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 probably I think that Cahill and I think I mean Cahill I think uh, Shaquin and I think that uh, Hand are, are both both going to probably be dealt. Can you um, just call him Shaquin. Yeah. Chasin. Shaquin. Shaquin. Yeah. I, I think I, we should, can we just start calling him Shaquin? I kind of like that. Chakin, yeah. Chakin and, and Handjob are both going to get traded. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a late podcast, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Hope no kids listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those two pitchers, I think, are, are pretty much a, a given to be traded. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if a few players here and there are, are potentially dealt. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I really, I've been saying this for a while. I, I smell something big. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I think... I just smell something big happening in, in Padre Land, and, and I guess we'll have to wait till Monday. Something to big, find out. like like Will Myers gets traded for. I don't uh, want to speculate on names or anything, but I just I I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that he's working on something, something mm-hmm. big. I, I don't know. All right, we'll I, see. I like that. We'll we'll see how it plays out for sure. Um. So let's talk about your 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 favorite player of all time, Jabari Blash, who's just kind of you know. He's, he tore it up since since uh, the first week since he was called up. Uh, Travis Jankowski is is currently in in uh, El Paso and uh, playing every day. What's going to happen when Jankowski gets called up? Or is Blash going to get demoted? Um, are they going to try to work things out? Matt Caesar going to get DFA'd? Um, let's, let's let's talk about left field. I'll be the first to eat a little crow and say that sure Blash has been good. Um, with that being said, I don't think I'd rather watch him play over Jankowski at this point. And very quietly, Matt Caesar's been really good lately. Like every time he has been playing, he's actually been hitting fairly well. I think I checked his his last month WRC plus was like 160 or something. I want to say. So yeah, he's actually been pretty good. So I don't know if they DFA him or move him. I don't know if they can move him down. I don't think they can. But they got to make a spot for Jankowski, and it's not going to be Margot or Renfro and. And then you got to think about Cordero, and at this point, is, is there too many outfielders? I mean, that's like five, six guys you got to yeah. juggle around. And, yeah. Uh, that's not even counting once Dickerson comes back next year. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I would probably bet on Jankowski being back with the team, whether that's with Caesar going down or maybe they send Sanchez down and just keep more outfielders. I don't know if that's the best strategy, but I think Jankowski returns to the team in, in the next perhaps week or so, depending on how – his uh, progression works out in the minors. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say. He uh, he started with the team. He he was a starter initially, and typically major league teams don't want to see a player lose their job uh, by injury. So I think he's going to be given every opportunity to come back and perform. But if he's not able to perform and if he's striking out like the like like he was in April, then we're going to have uh, some topics to discuss about the left field job for sure. I mean, Jankowski was pretty terrible at the beginning of the year before he got injured, <laughs> he but I, I think he still deserves a chance. I like watching no, him play. Yeah, He's a good guy. Definitely, definitely. Freddie, Freddie, Freddie. Um, yeah. All right, last question I have for you. Is Carlos Esuaje going to stay on the roster? It seems like they're trying to make it work by pushing Solarte to short. I think they really like what Esuaje's done. Yeah. Andy Green's been quoted as saying he doesn't want to mess up that. He thinks it's a good thing. So how do you see that playing out uh, long term? Uh, it's it's tough. Uh, he's really shown the ability to kind of be a spark plug for this team. Uh, defensively, he's he's been impressive. He's been better than what I've read on him. Uh, it, you know, the fact that they are willing to put or willing to experiment with Solarte at shortstop tells me that they're really pleased with what they see in in Esuaje. So uh, the trade deadline's coming up. We're lo- loaded in second base depth. You know, when we talked about Hand and and Shashin, Shaquin being dealt, there could be a second baseman being dealt as well somewhere in there. You, know, you, really, I, I don't, you really don't like his name, do you? What, what, am, I, <laughs> am I butchering it that bad? Chasin? 
Chasin. I'm just giving you a hard Chakin. time. <laughs> I know you are. That's my Jeez. job. I'm your, I'm your co-host. That's my job. Come on. We're like the last minute here, and you give me a hard time. Is... <laughs> it's like it's late. <laughs> All right. So um, Potter's going to trade yeah, everybody. Yeah. At this point, we can't have 16 second basements, so... Eventually, second I second basement are going to have second to be basement at every position. Like, <laughs> at this point, we're we're running towards. Ships can play first. Solarte at second. Aswahe yeah. at short. Uh, yeah. Spangenberg at third. Bring Christian Villanueva up. He's a third baseman. He can play outfield. We're good. Perella's a second baseman too. I mean, that's yeah, his Perella's best position. A second baseman. He's not a very that's good his... one, but no. But I mean, that's technically his best position. Can they trade him? I I, I mean, at this point, what, what that's kind of, an, what that's kind of an, point an, does he serve? He's been pretty That's bad after that hot not, start. He has been pretty bad, but you know, as a throw-in for someone that's lacking right-handed depth in their bench, I would just give him with Brad he, Hand. Be like, "Hey, you want Perella too? Like, why not?" Right? Exactly. You know, give, it give us like a, a, a seventeen-year-old kid or something. You know, why not? yeah, and it, it creates a spot on the forty-man roster for the team as well. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if someone like that is thrown in. You never know. You really never know. This time of the year is, is definitely fun to speculate, and uh, at this point. The Padres could no do no trades too, so you know I don't want to I don't want to scare anyone, but AJ Pearl is definitely capable of of uh, giving us a, a a Will Venable trade for uh, for uh, John Edwards and, and Marcus Green Jr., which was what that would all we got in, in 2015 when everyone was expecting. Hey, that worked out uh, though. Marcus Green Jr. Man, he's he's terrible. No, it, it, so. it did, but everyone was looking for Ian Kennedy and, and Justin Upton to be dealt, and and crickets just came and nothing happened. So. I, I I have to say that Brad Hand is going to be dealt, but at this point, if if he's not, I really it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. In in the back of my mind, I might I might not like it, but it wouldn't surprise me as well because I I just don't know what this GM is capable of or what he's got working on in in, in the back stoves. Yeah, anything's really possible. And, and if my math's correct, we got about eighty seven hours until the trade deadline. So. Yeah. We're counting down. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, all right, Patrick, you want to take us out? I think we are good to go for this episode 51 here. Yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate the support. Um, we obviously couldn't do a podcast without people listening, and we've had more and more people listening and more and more people saying good things about the show. I really appreciate that. Um, if there's anything you'd like us to improve on, anything you think we could change, please let me know. Um, I'm on Twitter, PatrickBrew93. James has about 25 Twitter accounts. He tweets. I think I don't know. I don't think James does anything other than tweet. He's tweeting constantly. Um, I don't know how he has a family, but he, somehow he does it. He's he's Superman over here. Um, he's at ebt underscore j clark ebt underscore news. Our podcast is ebt podcast on Twitter. Um, our, we're hosting on Podbean. If you want to give us a, a shout on there, uh, we're on iTunes or I guess they call it Apple Podcast now. Um, we're on Stitcher. We're on pretty much any podcast service. I didn't know we weren't on Google Play. Uh, but now we are, so yep, yep. now we're good there. I, um, I think we're definitely. pretty much covered on all our bases. If you if you have an app or a program you like to listen to podcasts on, and we're not there, please let me know. I will I will get us there. I will I will make it happen. Yep, um, definitely. That's about uh, it. I want to get I want to give one more shout out to Kenyatta uh, requested who does our intro song. Uh, it's excellent stuff. He's a uh, he's a great 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 performer. Hit him up. Look for him on, on Twitter at requested. Uh, he's he's a San Diego sports fan, and uh, he's uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, I really appreciate him doing that for us. It's a great song. Gets us off to a good start every podcast, and definitely can't go definitely. wrong with that. Also, give Original Grain uh, a follow on Twitter. They're doing great things with their watches. They're going to be blowing up, guys. They're going to be they're going to be a big company. Just you wait and see. Yep, definitely. Uh, East Village Times podcast is signing out. Mm-hmm.